Well, so what we did was we asked all the ministers of our church, just what interests you? What's on top of your mind? What are you thinking about? Did a little survey, and you came back and told us the top three things we're looking at is our faith. How, how do we leverage this unique season, this new season for us to really grow strong in the Lord? Second, our family. How do we uh, now, as a, especially our marriage, how do we draw close? You know, uh, how do we do that now? What's that look like? We spent so much time investing in children and activities. What's it look like now? And then third was um, our friendships. You know, so much of our friendships were based off our kids' activities, where they go to school, the sports they play. Well, all those are gone now. So how do we build great friendships? So we just took those. So let's look at those. So the last three weeks, we've kind of blended all three of those and the speakers who've spoken. They've kind of woven those in. And so tonight, I'm super excited uh, to have very special guests with us who know these three well and who do these three well and talk about them well. Um, it's our pastor and his wife, Miss Donna. So we're so excited to have you two here with us. And you might spend a moment, if you like, to explain the picture and just what's going on with your family. But if you would, can we welcome, y'all help me welcome them up. And we'll bring you right up here. So here are two. We were talking to Nikki Berry and telling her that at Christmas time, there's 26 of us at this point. We'll have two more, so it'll be 28 this next Christmas. But when they were at our house after Christmas, 23 of them stayed in our home because Bethany and David live here, and they only took the baby and Michael back home with them because obviously Ainsley and Grayson want to stay and spend the night with the cousins. So we had kids sleeping in Steve's study, in every closet, bedroom. I mean, they were literally everywhere, couches. So, yeah. <laughs> we hung them up in the closets. <laughs> you got a microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't need one. You probably don't. <laughs> well, we want to start by talking about faith, and obviously just your personal walk with Christ is the most important thing. And I actually brought my chronological Bible that I'm using this year. And the reason I brought it, it's relatively new. It was uh, published last September, and it's put out by chronologicalbibleteaching.com, which is Stan and Iva May, former missionaries to Africa. Stan was a professor at Mid-America, and he's the pastor at Emmanuel, and they are the founders of Chronological Bible Teaching. And the reason I like it is because it gives you the big picture of God's Word, and the Bible's broken down into 14 time periods or eras. And as you're reading the Bible, you will see that the at the bottom of the pages are the symbols of the 14 eras, and whichever symbol you're currently reading will be highlighted in, your, in that particular era. Like right now, we're reading in the kingdom era, and we're reading Psalms of King David. So um, that symbol is highlighted. But each day's reading has a little intro that gives you contextual background and historical background, so it kind of puts it in the Bible context for you. And then there's questions at the end of each day as well. Before you move into a new era, like at the very beginning when you're moving into the creation era, it gives you an overview of what happens in that era and how we see God moving and working. So anytime you open the Bible, the first question you need to ask is, what is God revealing about himself? We have a tendency to be pretty self-focused, and so we open it and say, God, what are you saying to me? <laughs> but God has revealed himself progressively through scripture, and so we need to always ask God, what are you revealing about yourself? And so that's what I'm currently using as my Bible reading plan in the morning, and then I spend time in prayer, and then I'm also reading additional books. But I would just encourage you, that's the most important appointment of your day, so have a time and a place, and have your things there. <laughs> so you're not scrounging around, where did I leave that Bible, where did I lay my journal, I need a pen, you've got everything right there in that place where you meet with the Lord, and that place becomes a sacred place for you because the Lord speaks to you there. And you will be amazed that as you read through the Word of God every year, you're going to see more. In fact, I was telling my, I teach ninth grade girls, and I've got a small group of six that we meet on Wednesdays from five to six, and this was our last meeting for this semester. And I, you know, I told them, I said, the more you learn and the more you know, the more you know you don't know. <laughs> and the more you realize there is to know. So it just continues to increase your hunger to know the Lord as you know his word. So I just want to encourage you in that. I just read a regular old Bible and uh, just, just uh, go through it. And the way I do it is I start in three different places. I read through it about every nine months. And what I do is I start at Genesis, and I'll read three chapters there. I'll start at Psalms. I read two chapters there until I get to Psalm 119, all right? <laughs> if you don't know what that's about, just go check out 119, all right? And then uh, I'll read two chapters there, so three and two, and then I'll read one out of the New Testament. 
And I always uh, finish the Old Testament prior to the New Testament. And so when I get to that, I read five to six chapters a day until I finish that. And almost to the day, it's, three, it's uh, nine months. So that's what I do. You do anything you want to. Uh, I've, I've read as, the Bible through as many times as uh, I, I did it twice one year. I've done it three times one year. Three times was too, really too much. Now, I'm, I mean, you know, if you've got a job, you know, if, you, if you don't have a job, read it five times. Do whatever you want to do. But uh, uh, you can't get too much word. But uh, let me just read a verse that um, I'm preaching from this Sunday. Isaiah 50, verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, or the learned, or the disciple, of a disciple, that I should know how to speak. He's given me a word. He's given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season. Now, you think about that. Anybody can speak a word. Anybody can talk. But if you want to be able to talk to people in season, if you want to be able to give a timely word to somebody from the word, you've got to really live in the Bible. And I'm not talking about, you know, two, two or three hours every day. If you will just daily read the word of God, 15, 20, 30 minutes, read it out loud, read it slowly. You're not, this is not a race. It doesn't matter if you read it through in nine months. It doesn't matter if you read it through in a year. It doesn't matter if you, it takes you two years. It doesn't matter. But just stay with it. Get a plan and, and work your plan. He says, he awakens me morning by morning. That's what it is, every day, whether you feel like it or not. I tell you what Don and I are trying to do before we pick up any apparatus like a phone or anything else. You know, Dr. Rogers had a rule, and it's not legalism, it's discipline. He said, no Bible, no breakfast. I would say, no Bible until, and, and no, no telephone until you eat breakfast. No, 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 no. That didn't make any sense at all. All right. I got so messed up with that. I'm tired. I've been to about five meetings today, okay? But anyway, uh, read your Bible and then eat, eat breakfast, but also read your Bible before you look at your phone. I would encourage you to do that. I, I'm telling you, that uh, little talk that Jay Stevenson gave us, and by the way, pray for him. He messed up his Achilles heel again today. I mean, I ripped it out again today, yeah. So anyway, uh, but uh, just reading your Bible is fundamental. So I would just encourage you, and he, he talks about that, and he awakens my ear to hear as the learned or a disciple. Uh, you know, just because you've studied the Bible a bunch doesn't mean that you know all there is to do about it. So I, I would just encourage you to start there. And then I've got a series, uh, a system that I use in prayer, and I won't share all that right now, but uh, I, Donna's got a, a system. She uses a, a notebook. I use prayer cards, and uh, we're a little different on that. But uh, we've, we've got a way that every day we spend time with the Lord in prayer. We read our Bibles first, and then we pray. And I honestly, when I read the Bible, I'm not looking for sermons. I'm looking for God to talk to me. I'm telling you, man, I, I hear the voice of God through the Word of God. I hear the God of the Word from the Word of God. And um, I believe that that's a love letter written to us. And then talking to the Lord I know that a lot of people uh, mystify that, and they make it so. But, you know, Don and I, somebody said, well, how can you just, how can you just keep talking to somebody? I said, well, I've been married to Donna 43 years, and I, I don't know anybody I'd rather talk to than her, you know. So uh, I, I don't get tired of talking to her. I don't get tired of talking to the Lord. And a lot of the things you're doing is you're standing in the gap for your family. You're standing between them and what the enemy wants to do to them. And I'm telling you, the enemy wants to destroy you and your family, and your future generations. But as you pray, God, it's just like God puts a protective hedge over. It doesn't mean that you'll never have problems. It doesn't mean that they'll never have problems. Uh, you know, we've gone through problems just like everybody else. And uh, usually when I try to make an illustration, I talk about something that we, you know, God brought us through. But 
I would just encourage you to read your Bible and pray. And I know that that's, you say, I came here for that. If you're not doing that, it doesn't matter what else we say. If you're not doing that, if you're not going to read the Bible and pray, that's the fundamentals, you know. It's kind of like when I played football, blocking and tackling. That's what worked on the first week in summer. And I'm saying, I've been blocking and tackling for years. Yeah, but we're going to stay with the fundamentals. And that's what it is. So I would encourage you to do that. And I would encourage you to be in a group as well. We still need accountability. Um, you still need to be accountable to others that you are reading the word, you're memorizing the word. Um, and I mentioned doing the ninth grade girls, but I also have a discipleship group that meets in our home on Thursdays from 10 to 12. And we meet for three semesters. We work through the one-year chronological Bible. We memorize scripture. We read additional books. And then we spend the last 30 minutes in prayer together, praying for one another. And that's an awesome opportunity to develop relationships, to mentor the next generation, but also to live in community and service to one another. One of, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the young women that happens to be in my current D group, we started last August, is a member at Harvest, and her husband was on the plane that went down with Steve Tucker and Kenan and all of them, and one of the young men that did not survive. And so she has a three-year-old daughter and a one-year-old little boy. So to watch my discipleship group love on her, minister to her, I mean, the day after we were over there, they were taking food. That Thursday that we met in my home, we met, went immediately. We're going to do our prayer time in her front yard. And we were in the front yard praying when they came out to go to the funeral home to make plans. And she just came over, and, of course, we just fell on her and left on her. And she just said God was so gracious in orchestrating that small group. She's a veterinarian, but she had Thursdays off. And she heard me speak somewhere, came up and said, hey, I would like to be discipled. I said, I'm starting a new group in August. And just how God orchestrated all of that, how we prayed for her husband to get into a discipleship group, and he did, and he was growing spiritually. For her to know that before he went to be with the Lord was such an incredible incredible gift and blessing, um, but then to just keep walking with her because, you know, it's not over. All, all these things just keep happening um, that we're trying to walk through with her and love on her, through, and we're learning and growing in the midst of it. So I would just encourage you in that. We, God created us for relationship, and we do not grow in isolation. We grow when we're connected to other believers. Dating. It's good. It's good. Uh, we, uh, for a long time, have had a date day on uh, Friday. Um, I know a lot of preachers that take Monday off, and I've told you all before, I don't want to take Monday off because I don't want to feel that bad on my time, all right? So I don't feel too good on Monday, so I'm going to make the church pay for it. But anyway, I, I take Friday off. And I feel great by Friday, all right? <laughs> so, so Don and I uh, just have this unwritten thing that uh, we're going to spend lunchtime together, you know, three or four hours together on Fridays. That's what we're going to do. And it doesn't matter where we go, you know, we're going to do something on. And a lot of times we'll do, the, um, you know, we may have a, a time, another time during the week that we do something like that, especially in the empty nest, because I'll be frank with you, you know, we eat a lot of cereal at night. I don't know about y'all, but I mean, does anybody, can I get a witness out there? Anybody, Cheerios go a long way, you know, so yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just an easy fix, you know. It's, what do you want? What kind of cereal do you want tonight? Okay, great. But it's good. It's, it's, it's okay. Then we get on the elliptical and work out. So, um, uh, but uh, dating has been a fun thing, and we've done that since we were uh, like 31. I think we started at West Jackson, didn't we? And uh, we had a little daycare there. We'd bring the, yeah, we'd take Lindsay and them too. That's right. But uh, we we would uh, we've done that, and so that's a that's a sweet thing for us, uh, and we've we've made that a priority over the years. You know, say anything about that or? Yeah, it's good, and just talking, you know, spending time daily, connecting, texting each other, making a phone call during the day. You can get busy, but it's so sweet just when he just stops and says, hey, how are you doing? What's going on in your day? And we just call to, to talk to each other. And the fun thing about the empty nest is you really do kind of go back to those early years of dating again when it's just the two of you and really getting to know each other, reconnecting, spending time together. You actually can work out together. You can do so many things together because you don't have everybody else's calendar uh, and schedule filling up your calendar. Um, but that is one of the things we were talking about was the importance of um, calendaring and staying on top of your calendar so that you um, 
have time for each other and we don't fill the calendar too much. And when he, he mentioned even the phone not being the first thing you pick up in the morning, but also having no phone zones when you're having dinner together, when you go out to a restaurant, I just challenge you, look around the next time you're in a restaurant and look at the people. Leave them in the car. That are sitting across the table from each other looking down at their phone. Thinking, you're saying whatever you're looking at is more important than this person that's here in person. And that is contributing to the isolation and loneliness that the New York Times called a worldwide loneliness epidemic. And it is because of those things in our hand. It's kind of like when you walk up to somebody in a crowd and you're trying to talk to them and they're looking around for a better deal, you know. <laughs> and you're kind of like, hey, right here, man. Here you go. Talk to me. So I, I do think that there's something about you know, putting your phone down. And the, the, it's like Jay said the other day, if you heard him on Sunday morning, th they're going to be here and we're not going to, they're not going away, but we don't have to let them run our lives. We, we, we should own them. They shouldn't own us. Um, I'm sorry. When it says parenting adult children is what I have on mind. Won't you jump on that? <laughs> Knees bent, mouth closed, arms wide open. <laughs> That's from Dr. Rogers, I think. Right. I don't know if I have it in the right order. <laughs> Pray a whole lot. Do don't not, say much. <laughs> do not put any pressure on them yeah. about coming to your house on holidays and things like that. Yeah. And don't get all these grandiose plans and say, well, we got it all planned and everything. You know, basically what we did when we were, and we got good advice from somebody, was uh, they said, you know, you guys figure it out and then tell your parents what you're going to do. And so she would tell Mr. and Mrs. Dodds, I would tell Edgar and Dorothy. And so, you know, she didn't, you know, if my mother asked her, she'd say, you need to talk to Steve about that. Because <laughs> my mother would say that to her. Okay, what are y'all going to do at Christmas? Well, just talk to Steve about it. Okay, great. I said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Let me tell you something. All right, so anyway, it's a, and so I would talk to my parents, and she would talk to hers. But it, it worked out fine. And, you know, we, we've, uh, we didn't know what to do when we uh, started having grandkids and whatnot, and we love to see them. But uh, we know that they've got uh, uh, in-laws as well, and so we want them to be with them as well. And I think that if you can just kind of chill on that and not freak out over that stuff and not make a big deal out of that, you'll wind up getting them a lot more than if you bow up on it. I'm just telling you, you will. I mean, less is more when it comes to, you know, uh, trying to compete with in-laws and stuff. Right. And don't give advice unless you're asked. And that's hard sometimes because sometimes things seem to be... It's pretty obvious they're doing wrong things all the time. That's right. <laughs> but only if they ask for advice. <laughs> or you can ask permission. Do you mind if I speak into this? Um, because they're adults. And they're making decisions and making their way just like we did. You know, we thought we knew too when we were that age. Um, but that, that's really important. And because when a parent puts pressure on them, you may have in your head what you think the holiday is supposed to be like and when you want everybody to be there. But one thing my mother did well was she just said, y'all talk, me and my sisters, and just be here at the same time. I don't care when it is. We'll celebrate whenever you're here. And so we've tried to follow that same pattern. Y'all talk. We just want you to be here all together at some point. So whenever it works for you guys, we'll make it happen. Any I want to ask us anything or tell us that we're, we're, we may be saying wrong. We don't know. Okay. We're, we're, we're kind of where anybody want to comment or anything or yes, sir. It's a challenge because you can see sometimes where their choices are going to take them and that, that's going to be maybe difficult for them. But at the same time, how did we learn those lessons? You know, sometimes we have to take the field trip, right, <laughs> to actually learn the lesson. Okay. Well, next on this is... Um, He's kind of made a list of topics. Yes. Honoring our parents and caring for them as they age. And we, we have tried to do that. <clears throat> and I will tell you that you can still honor them after they die. Uh, I would say this to you. You have access to knowledge about your parents that nobody else does because you grew up with them. 
The last thing you need to do, even if your parents were not good parents, the last thing you need to do is trash your parents, uh, especially if they've gone to be with the Lord. Uh, they can't defend themselves. If you can't say something good about them, just don't say anything. Okay, that's what I would I would do. If I, that's what we try to do. I, you know, my parents were not perfect, and but I, now I, I may talk to Donna about some things, but as far as the kids and that kind of stuff, we just don't do that. We don't. We, I never down uh, my parents or her parents, and uh, you know, uh, her parents were just fantastic, and mine were hardworking people. Uh, they, they had some some faults, but um, uh, at any rate, that that's that's one of the things. And I think too, Donna has done a great job of honoring her mother and her father. She was there when her daddy passed away. She takes great care of her mother now. Her mother's about to turn 88. Mr. Dodds was almost 91, 92 when he died. And um, so she she has done a great job. She takes Mrs. Dodds. Donna goes to the first service and takes Mrs. and Mrs. Dodds do, to, does too. And she'll take her to eat most Sundays and stuff like that. And then she'll buy me a little something and bring it home. And I'm glad to have it. It's fine. Because I have to, I have to go to both services around here. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> I only work one day a week, so it's okay. It's no you big know, deal. It, so, uh, it is interesting that about the time you're empty nesting, you're caring for aging parents most of the time. That's right. So that does begin to fill your calendar and schedule and time, and like you know, just going with my mother to appointments and driving her places. Mm -hmm. And we now have somebody that comes on Wednesdays and Fridays to take her to the grocery store and do those kinds of things because we still have obligations. But I'm there to lay out her medicines and fill everything up. My two sisters live out of town now so if we're going to be out of town one of them tries to schedule to be here so you know we have a sister calendar where we're trying to keep each other updated on where we're going to be so that one of us can be with mom or mom can go stay with one of them and um, you know she's her physical health is good she's got some short-term memory issues right now and so just so do navigating I. that Navigating that and trying to be kind and gracious, I took her with me just a couple of weeks ago to go stay with Grant's five children while he and Melissa were out of town, and they ranged from 14 to 3. So it was, you know, preschooler, elementary drop-off, middle school drop-off, high school drop-off. I mean, it was a busy week, and Mom did great. She was a tremendous help, and she is, I said, they have the cleanest counters in the entire county. She is always wiping counters. That kitchen stayed clean. It's probably cleaner than it's ever been because she is you, a dish doesn't hit the sink that she doesn't wash it. You know, she doesn't even put it in the dishwasher. So it was awesome to have her there. But those are sweet moments. Um, so to part of honoring them is just treasuring the time that you have with them here too. I know a lot of times I brag on Donna, but I mean it's it's pretty easy to do. Uh, when we were uh, in seminary, I had I was pastor of a church. I started when I was uh, pastoring when I was 25. So I've been doing it 40 years this year and. Um, we didn't get much vacation at all. We get like, and, and even when we got vacation, we didn't have any money to go anywhere, so we just go home, you know, uh, and, and, and thought that was great. But uh, when the kids were younger, Lindsay and Grant were born in Texas, and um, she would drive up, and like if she stayed, I know this sounds whatever, but my parents were in Dyersburg, her parents were in Memphis. If she came up for eight days, she spent four days with my parents and four days with hers. There's not many people that do that. Not many people do that. Uh, you know, but she loved my parents and my mother. Boy, uh, my, Donna was holding my mother's hand when she died. And my daddy loved Donna. Just because I made him cookies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, he loved Donna. And, and, and she's been great with her parents as well, so... I just think that, you know, you honor them, you love them, and you just be kind to them. And even even if they're a little bit on the bossy side, you know, or even if they try to give you advice, oh, they did back in the day, don't worry about all that stuff. Just let it go. Forgive them. Man, you know, don't carry all that, don't carry all that stuff with you all the way through life. I mean, if somebody's messed with you, and just forgive them and move on. You know, Jesus forgave you. <laughs> just if you want forgiveness, give it. So just forget it and move on. And but, as uh, we age, we do kind of lose our filter. So. <laughs> okay, all right. Yes, all right. Get our finances in order. In our order. All right. 
Dave Ramsey, next. All right, okay. No, we, we, uh, we, we did the Dave Ramsey thing. We paid our house off, and we uh, are saving for retirement and stuff like that. But we've also got uh, some funds. We, we take, we use, try to use it. We give quite a bit to the church, and then we help other people. We give a lot to other ministries as well. But we, we've got a vacation fund. We've got a Christmas fund. And uh, just put things in there for that. And then we've got uh, just a little fund in there, too, that we just once in a while just have some fun, you know. And we, we enjoy it. And we, we enjoy, I enjoy being with her. Uh, I'm, I'd rather, and I'm not trying to impress you. I'd rather talk to her than anybody I know except the Lord, you know. And so, um, so we, we, we enjoy each other. I get on her nerves sometimes, I'm sure, you know, but uh, but she's she's sweet and stays with me anyway, all right? So, yeah. And then grandparents. How, how did that come out of finances? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We well, don't fuss about money. We don't. Well, we don't you get a plan and you just work the plan. And if you just agree on it and you come up with a budget that you can both agree on and you just keep, you know, you just work But the, the other plan. day, tell me about the 298. That was hilarious when we got that bill. And I said, what is this? Oh, from we changed phone service. Yeah, yeah, and Bethany had a phone that was still on our old service. So, so I'm still. Okay, sorry. Like, where I did said, this come from? Okay, all right. And we're it is glad what it is. It's all right. That's probably. But it, how many of your grandparents? Anybody have grands? Are they not the best? Oh my goodness! And I tell my kids all the time, it's all the love without the responsibility. I mean, you love them like you did your own. You love your own children, and you see your children in them, and their spouses in them. It's pretty amazing, um, and they can just honestly, virtually do no wrong in my eyes. I just think they're amazing. But you can love on them, spoil them, and send them home. Well, even <laughs> our great. even our kids. Like when I found out what the two ninety eight was, I knew it wasn't my charge. When I found out it was lit, Bethany, I said, "That's great. That's okay, no big that's deal. Fine, yeah. that's, that's no big deal." <laughs> So I'm, I'm not complaining about Bethany or anything. I'm just saying, you know, um, you you just you just keep loving them, yeah. and you just keep keep uh, trying to help them any way you can. And and so on our finances, though, we did the. I I believe that any way you can do to get out of debt and to live within your means and to not want as much and just to be happy with one another, you know. If you got a lot of money, praise the Lord. If you got not a lot of money, praise the Lord. Don't, don't worry about that. Just get in a position where you can live in a in a lifestyle that you feel comfortable with. But I will tell you that too much debt can really put you in a strain, it, and it, it'll strain your marriage. So somehow, if you can deal with that, I think that's helped us a lot. So, all right, in laws, we've already talked about that, haven't we? Grandparenting, we've already talked about that, haven't we? Uh, staying healthy. <laughs> let's talk about that. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Go ahead. <laughs> Basically, we eat cereal at dinner, right? No, <laughs> we are trying to eat her, healthy. Her gene pool is a lot better than mine. That's all I can say, <laughs> all right? Uh, when, when the Dodds get out of the car, everybody thinks they're movie stars. You know her whole family. It just that's not, yeah, they do. I mean, well, my sisters have zero body fat. I cannot say that. Yeah, yeah, myself. that's right. They got the body fat of that thing right there. So anyway, so when mine get out of the car, everybody thinks somebody opened up a can of biscuits. All right, you know, so <laughs> boom. <laughs> oh, the Gaineses are here. Okay, great. Glad, glad they're home. Okay, great. So you know, I've had to work on it more than her, but uh, we've. We should be in shape. We we own every kind of exercise machine there is. All right, uh, and so we should be. <laughs> she's in shape. I've I've got a shape. So anyway, you know. So we we're we're trying to do the best we can on that. But we uh, we work out. I do uh, aerobic stuff like five. Not aerobic, jumping around on a mat or something like that. I'm talking. Yeah, whatever that is, you know. But anyway, I'm 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 talking about like working out on elliptical. We got a stairmaster. Those things are fantastic, man. If you hadn't got one of those, you <laughs> you spend 30 minutes on that, and you will be sweating. Uh, Donna li likes the treadmill. I hate it. I don't like the treadmill. I don't like that at all. So I got my elliptical, and I got my Stairmaster, and that's what I do. And then we lift a few weights. Nothing to, nothing to write home about. Well, know. just bone health, basically, is why we're doing resistance training and doing some weightlifting. But just wanting to stay healthy enough to be able to do the things that we now have the time to do. 
And we're going to be able to go on a mission trip this summer with the church to Amsterdam to minister to 270 missionaries and their families, their children. Um, and we're thousand, so excited. About a thousand people. Yeah, we're yeah. really excited about it. They're missionaries in sub-Saharan Africa. It's going to be the first time in six years that they've been together in a regional meeting. And so during that week, they can get an American haircut. There's going to be an Oasis coffee shop where we're going to be able to pray for the women. And they get little gift bags that we've taken up items for. And they get to do teaching sessions and worship time we're taking a worship team and the youth have like a youth camp and the children have like a children's camp so they're going to be ministered to the missionaries kids get to be with other missionary kids I didn't realize sub-saharan Africa is two and a half times larger than the United States so you realize how isolated and spread out these missionaries are and what an incredible blessing and gift this is so we're so excited about getting to go over there and minister to them but just as the world opens up now again after COVID being able to do mission trips and go and share the gospel in places that we've not been able to go to in several years. And so I'm really excited about that. She's talking about missionaries. I'm still talking about food and stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, eating healthily we've got on here. And we really try to. But there are some times. We just got to make a pie. How many of you like pie? Anybody like pie? You know what kind of pie I like? Round. <laughs> I, like, I like a pie as big as that table right there. I love it. And what's the, what did you make this week? Key lime. Key lime. Oh, my soul. And oh, my soul and said eggs. You would never be so able good. to squeeze enough tiny little key limes to get juice. So Nellie and Joe's, you can order it online, is wonderful key lime uh, I don't juice. know what Nellie and Joe got going on, but, but man, they got, they, it's good. It's good. Good. So we, you know, every once in a while we eat some pie and we... And we'll work out. <laughs> and one of the other it. things that Tim pointed out after family, after uh, your faith and family is friendships. And you know what? That is a shift because you have had friends with your children's parents or their friends' parents a lot and around activities. So suddenly everybody's kind of spread out and you're having to reconnect. And so I would encourage you to be intentional about reaching out to some other couples that you have something in common with and invite them over or meet someplace to go out to dinner. Um, we're taking a young couple out to dinner tomorrow night just to we're get to know pie. them better. <laughs> Just to get to know them better. But you've got to be intentional about it because otherwise you get right. so busy doing right. other things that you don't make time for friendships. And once again, it goes back to that relational capacity that God has put within us that we need each other. We need those relationships and friendships. Absolutely. And I, w I will tell you this. Uh, back when we were, were at uh, Gardendale and our kids were young, we would plan meals together and stuff like that. And, and somebody told us along the way, your calendar is going to be full. You might as well be in charge of how full it is and what's it, what it's full of. And if you will, this is what we've done for years. We, we, we pencil in things if we want to, like we're having dinner with a young couple tomorrow night, and we'll have our date day on Friday. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you don't even know this, but I'm uh, preaching on Saturday over at Covington. We may do it on Saturday to go up and put my, uh, uh, well, I'm preaching at a graduation from my high school. So, uh, but wanted to put flowers on his. You put flowers grave. on my parents' grave, but if if you'll just if you'll just uh, put those things on the calendar, then what happens is, and somebody comes along and says, "Hey, we've got this thing going on," and just do it do it a couple of months out. I'm not talking about you know six months, but just say you know, they'll say hey, we've got this. Can you do this? Say I've already got something going on, and you do. It's called your family. <laughs> it's called your spouse it's called your children whatever it is or the church or whatever but have a calendar and and use that I, th I think that's very important because in the in the if you're not careful in the empty nest you just feel like you've got so much time all the time but it'll just be eaten up by other people people will be glad to use your time and I'm not against people but I'm saying you need to make sure the Lord's in charge of your calendar and then you're doing what the Lord wants to do. Put it on a calendar and have something out there for that. And you may need to be the one that reaches out to another couple. Don't just sit right. back and wait for somebody else to reach out to you. If you're, you see somebody, hey, I think we'd have something in common with this couple, or I think both of us would enjoy this couple, um, reach out to them. Make a plan, invite them over, meet them for dinner, um, and 
you need those relationships. And look for somebody that's in a similar stage of life because you have so much in common then. And they have the freedom to be able to do some of the things that you can do. You can go out on a weeknight because you don't have ball games or things that you have to go to. Emptiness is incredible, I'm telling you. More. <laughs> and Steve says it's awesome because it's not empty. We're still in it. That's right. That's right. I'm sure they've heard all my anecdotal stories, but I want to end with this. All right. I knew it was going to be good. You already heard that one about everybody. How many of you heard about the Bethany story? Anybody heard that one? Okay. They don't know it. Sit down. I'll tell it real quick. Well, I know it, but I've changed my mind. That's right. So we take Bethany to college. So officially, we're in the empty nest. We come home. I preached that morning. Let her out on Saturday, Sunday morning, go preach, come home. No embellishment whatsoever. Donna says, you sit right over there in your chair. I know you're tired. I'm cooking us some lunch. And uh, when we get through, we're going to eat. And when we get through, I'm going to rub your feet. I said, who is, who, who is this woman? I, I remember her. I remember. I got my life back. I got my wife back. All right. So, so just uh, don't worry about it. It's. Are you going to be sad because the last one's gone? I said, are you kidding me? We have been parenting for 28 years. It is time. It's time to let go. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's it. Well, that was so much fun because you guys are so much fun. And thank you for how you live your life. And thank you for what a model you are for us. So thank you. Um, I want to ask you a question. I want you to talk at your tables if you would. What's one thing? Just pick one thing if you would that you want to remember about what they said tonight. They hit a lot of topics, all that are relevant to us. So we'll take five minutes at your tables and just talk at your tables. What's one thing you want to remember about what they said tonight? Ready, set, go. All right, I want to bring it back if I can. We're going to pull it back together up here. Hate to break up great conversation. We've got a few more topics to cover tonight. Someone to bring it back up towards the front of the room. All right, so here we go. So we talked about who's in the room earlier, right? We named four different types of people in the room. And so I want to introduce you to a couple that, uh, that fits one of these categories that are on the journey of empty nesting. Uh, this is Mike and Nikki Berry. And uh, they have two daughters. One's in the back back there. Thanks for coming. You're auditing the course, right? Absolutely. She's going to hold you guys accountable as to whatever's said in the room, no doubt. So we just thought we'd have some fun and ask you all, it's kind of some newbies, kind of some questions about empty nesting. So I'm going to just start off at the bat here. Just how new are you? Uh, when and how did it happen? And how's it going being empty nesters? Uh, it's awesome, uh, honestly, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have two daughters that are in college. They go to Union. Uh, Gabrielle will be a senior uh, this fall, and then our her younger sister's a junior, so we're, we're two years into it. Yes, fantastic. And, and it's awesome. And so do you want to comment on, you going to second that awesomeness, Nikki, you I think? I second that awesomeness. Yes, I second the awesomeness. I say that before the second one left. It was mm -hmm. really great. It happened overnight. Yeah, no doubt. But she won't rub my feet, so. <laughs> 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 well, the, the bar has been set. Okay, I'll just say the bar has been set. Well, um, when grandkids come along, the foot rub is over with. <laughs> That's gone. That was a season. It was a season. Yeah, short as it may be, it was a fun season, sounds like. So you said it happened in a flash. So this is kind of about the second question. The second question is this. Uh, do you, did, you, did you think, did you prepare, did you seek advice about this season before it happened, and why or why not? I think the we didn't know to seek and prepare mm -hmm. because you don't know what lies ahead but when Gabrielle was even born my mom told us 
hey, we'll keep her, and you guys must get away at least once a year. And so every year, even after the second one came, my mom and dad would keep them for a week while Michael and I just went on a short vacation that we had saved for and prepared for. Um, But we continued to do that, I mean, up until they went to college. But on the front end, we did not know to seek and to prepare for that. But because we did continue to date each other throughout our marriage, not just on those one-year retreats, um, empty nesting was super easy. And that newness of when we originally were dating years ago, starting middle school, high school for us, all came back. And, you know, I don't want to say they're a disruption when they come home, but we're certainly not empty nesting like we normally empty nest. We love you being home. No doubt. Yeah. What, what a gift to have your mom and dad say, we're going to invest in your marriage and give you this week away. That's fantastic. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Mike? No, that's pretty you good. Yeah. yeah. We'll let you handle the third question, okay? It gets harder as we go. Um, What have you learned uh, maybe so far about yourselves, uh, about your faith, the days ahead? You've had a couple years in this now, and maybe you've banked some learnings. I think what Pastor Stephen Mastana said about time is dead on. We thought we'd have a lot more time to take, you know, just go off on vacation, just spur the moment. And then we realized we are booked up in more things than what we were doing before when kids are around. So... Yeah, blocking that calendar out, making time for each other. Um, Nikki's a realtor, so I just go off with her on show houses and whatnot and just kind of hang out because, I mean, she's my best friend. So I enjoy just hanging out with my wife. Man, I like that. I like that. So if y'all got a rhythm, it's Fridays. Um, it's not like your rhythm is just going with her. Wherever she's going, you're Wherever. going with her. You're just talking and yeah. catching up. She's my social secretary. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Thank you. Well, last question. Um, would you recommend investing to anybody who's got a high school graduate? Yeah. Yes, oh, it's yeah. coming whether they want to or not, yeah. right? Absolutely. It's on its way. Yeah. And yep. start preparing yourself for it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Don't forget your kids, but start looking forward to that opportunity to, to, to be with your spouse. Amen. Well, love you guys. Thank you so much. Glad you're here tonight. Yeah. Y'all help me thank them for sharing with us. That's so good. Well, a few years back, I was blessed to get to know a couple who came back from the mission field with the IMB. Uh, They were restated back to the States and chose Bellevue and began to worship here and raise their family here. And it's Mark and Christy Tingley. And just fall in love with them and and learned so much from them. And I was was in a meeting recently with Mark where he just shared some things they've learned uh, with their kids being all over the place. And I just wanted them to come share that with us thought it was very insightful. So I'm going to bring up Mark and Christy, and we're going to talk about how communication changes with adult kids. So can't wait to hear from you guys. Can you all help me welcome them up? You want me to explain the picture? So, I was dieting better at that time, but uh, (laughs) this is a recent, we did a dream vacation. We had saved up to go to this place called Sevierville, Pigeon Forge, Gallon. I'm saying it like I'm not from here, I know. And so, we spent a week there. So happened, my son, he is studying mechanical engineering at UT Martin and plays football there. He's their center, and they played University of Tennessee. It was an exciting game. And we spent the week there, and this is our daughter and her husband. They're not, the husbands, sorry, aren't shown in this picture. We, yeah. You know, it is, son-in-laws. Uh, this is our second daughter, Jessica. They live in Coos Bay, Oregon, with her husband, David. Uh, Jennifer is living with her husband. They both, uh, her and her husband graduated from Union University, and she is a physical therapist there in Chattanooga. And so they're living there. And he's an engineer, and uh, Josiah is going into his senior year academically at UT Martin. So that's kind of our family. I'm as diagonal before I even say what I I broke to say. And I'm a crier, so I'll cry. It's just who I am, so you'll just have to deal with it. Can you hear? um, Being on the mission field for 12 years, um, 24-7 with my kids, no grandparents, no aunts and uncles, no... We had meetings like you're going to, and I cannot tell you how wonderful they are. It's like the only break I ever got from my kids was the one time a year we got to go to that meeting. So just thank, thank Bellevue for, for doing that. And 
just know um, if mom and dad skip a meeting, don't take it personally. <laughs> they finally got some time together. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they finally got some time. you preaching, brother. <laughs> <laughs> mom and dad got some time alone. <laughs> so, um, to do PDA. <laughs> Uh, you want me to go first, or I'm not sure that we're going to hit what Tim had asked us to hit, but I went, I got led by the Lord to speak, and He trumps you, Tim. Sorry. So, <laughs> um, th so this is what the Lord gave me to say today, and I'm sorry. This is why I don't do public speaking. <laughs> I um, I have a lot to say, but I I don't say it well. But Josiah and I have a very close relationship for a mom and son, or so I've been told, but. Um, we, we had a little dip in our relationship, and it kind of actually was God time because it came right before <laughs> coming to tell you how to communicate with your adult kids. Um, but anyway, um, Josiah has always allowed me to ask him like a million questions, um, and mostly we text, and not the best way to communicate. But hey, if my teenage son is going to, he's not a teenager anymore, he's 21, but if he's going to talk to me, I'm going to text him. That's the way we communicate. We communicate that way. And he usually answers. Now, during football, sometimes I love football, so I have like, why did you do this? Why did the coach call it? You know, da -da. he'll be like, Mom, give me some time. And then he'll text me and say, okay, now ask your questions and I fire your way. But um, they had their spring football game this year. And the coach did an interview, and so I listened to the interview, and he said that he was going to have one-on-ones with the players. So I said, Joe, has um, I'm going to read it or I'll get so sidetracked. Um, I sent Joe a message asking if he had been scheduled. He said, no, why? And I said, you know why. Mom wants to know what was said. <laughs> and he said, I probably won't share. And, of course, you lose you, – you, problem with texting is you insert your own tones you insert you know you make things that maybe really didn't exist and so I was putting the tone there and he was putting my tone there but um, I said I want to know what was said and he said I probably won't share and I'm like why and he said it's a personal meeting it's mostly football stuff and then came the punch to my gut and I'm going to go back and say, we love empty nesting. And he's home right now for a 10-week internship, and I'm already like, how m we're only two weeks into it, and I'm already like, okay, how much longer do we have before the boy's back out of the house? Um, but And when you're, he's having you to maintain, he has to maintain a 300-pound weight during all that, and you know the price of groceries right now. So it's a little bit rough, but um, now, see, I already lost my train of thought. That's why I don't get off my notes. What was I saying? The text with the coach. It, yeah. Oh, the punch in the gut is I don't, I, we loved empty nesting. The house we're in, and because of living overseas, the house we grew up with, the kids in, is not the house we live in now. So I don't have all that, you know, so I was already detached from all that. But, and so I thought, hey, I'm handling this empty nesting well. I love empty nesting. But the punch in the gut, he said, you don't got to know everything, Mama. He calls me Mama. It'd help you relax if you didn't try either. And I said back to him, who said I'm not relaxed? And he gave, he, you know, the little emoji things or however you say that word. He, he, raised, he did the hand raise one. I know you don't relax. And he said, because um, you worry. If you don't know what is said, you're going to worry. And it was at that point when my son said that to me. I realized it wasn't the empty nest that was going to get to me. I enjoy it just being with Mark and I, who wouldn't enjoy being with the hunk next to me, but <laughs> it, it, was the, it was the shift in my role. As I tell the kids, and I've heard other parents say to others, just because you're grown doesn't mean I'm not your mom. But what it does change is my mothering. I'm still their mom, but I can't mother them the way that I used to mother them. And I have to learn how to show I'm still invested in them, yet I'm not trying to make the decisions for them. And I'm not trying to control them. 
and tell them what to do. When your kids are born, until they have the college, mothering is very hands-on. You diaper them, you feed them, you discipline them, you teach them. I had to homeschool. It was the only way, only option we had overseas where we were at. I, you know, I didn't have to get them to school at that time, but then we came back here and Joe went to ECS. He didn't want to homeschool because he wanted to play football, so then we have football games, you have practice, dances for those of you who have that church, so you could just very hands-on. They lived under the same roof. You had, you could speak into what they were doing. And yeah, I prayed for my kids, but not to the level that I do now. And I found this online when I was reading something and it, it better explains what I'm trying to say. And Joe and I have kissed him made up um, when he got, when I texted him that dad was in the emergency room for the second time because he thought it'd be fun to meet our deductible this year. Um, <laughs> Uh, he rushed home and sat by my side, and, you know, we talked it out, and, and uh, it was all just texting and reading things wrong. And, but we have a lot of struggles with our middle child, which is another class if you need it at some time. Um, but this is what I read online. So this is not me, but this is fitting for me with my middle child. One Sunday, I broke down in tears at a prayer meeting at church and asked what I could do to restore my adult daughter to me. She's made some chilling decisions, and I was powerless to change her. A dear older woman hurried across the room, sat down beside me, and slipped her arm around my shoulder. Your parenting in the flesh is over, she said softly. It's time to parent her in the spirit. Pray for your daughter and trust God to do what you cannot do, and he will. And that has changed things. Well, I can't add much more to that. I just uh, was telling Tim that you experience what Donna kind of talked about is, you know, you're on your knees, you zip your lip, and you hold your hands out wide because you have to realize if you're getting ready to empty nest or even partial empty nest, Ephesians 6, 4 and I'm going to speak just to the dads, the fathers, do not exasperate your children. It's, it's a whole lot easier as a dad, as the head of the household, when they're under your home, your rules, it's there and you have the ability to discipline them in a way that will guide them under your home and your rules and, and lead them. And, of course, we want them train them in the way of the Lord so that they shall not depart from it. And so sometimes they're rebellious, and you got to deal with that, right? Well, when they move out, guess what? Dad, that option now has changed. And it is when you speak to the issues, being invited in, as uh, Miss Donna said, is very important. Uh, and it's difficult. It drives you to your knees in prayer because they're facing a world that's actually, I think, quite more challenging and different than the ones we grew up in, frankly. And the lies and the poison of the enemy here is just incredible. So uh, I would challenge, because you can drive them farther away by trying to behave or discipline or say things the way you would have done if they were living in your home. So they're going to make their decisions. you got to let them go, and sometimes they learn the hard lessons, we hope those lessons they learn bring them to their knees and drive them back to the Lord if they're moving away or they're making poor decisions, and you can see that. So pray, pray, pray is all I got to say, and realize when they leave the home, it's your communication, your influence is the word I would use, how you exert that and how you communicate with them, that dynamic changes because when they were there at the dinner table or whatever, we saw each other face to face. Now they're removed. They're living halfway around the world or a different place in college, and how you communicate with them becomes different. And the ability to communicate truth and speak it into their lives in a way that brings glory to God, you may have to adapt that way. You know, that, that's the challenge. And we continue to face that. We pray for wisdom and God to uh, continue to work in a way in our lives as well as theirs so that he will receive the honor and the glory. And that's the best we can do. We're not. 
I don't know why you asked us to come up here. We're, we're learning through this experience, and, and it's a walk of faith. It really is. So I want to say that as an encouragement because just realize there's going to be changes that come, and, and God will get you through those things as, as you spend time in the Word and pray. He'll give you that wisdom. So... issue recently with that too and I'll let Mark talk into it but the struggle that um, like well early on my daughter texted me like how did you stay so submissive to dad and I said it's not hard to stay submissive when you know a man goes before the Lord with everything first but the recent struggle we had was honoring her husband and having to approach her dad about something her husband said about her dad and so she is struggling through that. How do I stay submissive and loyal to my husband? But, hey, this is my dad type thing. So, yeah, and just the in-laws of um, they're not your kids, so you can't quite speak to them the same way that. The account that she's talking about is on that vacation, that very vacation. <laughs> you yeah. put an entire family in a log cabin for a while. You're going to get to know each just other a little better. But... <laughs> The reality was she's speaking to a specific issue or one of the son-in-laws had said something and, you know, she's married. Her loyalty is to her husband, which it needs to be. Um, but there was an issue that was brought up and um, she, I think, saw one side of the issue. And so I tried to explain the other side of the issue and she just struggled as a daughter because she's like, I love you, Dad. I'm just trying to be a wife. I don't know. It's like, You're, we're fine. It's going to be okay. You know, we just got to work through these issues together. And that communication is really important. You know, if I need to go ask for forgiveness because something I said, then I will do that. And, and I think it's vice versa. You have to realize the in-laws and the son-in-laws, they may say something that gets you under your skin, and it's just going to be one of those things that you work through. And, and our dynamic's different. I mean, we talked over here how our dynamic's so different than everybody. We can't get together. We don't have the grandbabies right. yet. But one set of in-laws live in Malaysia. And so you got cultural differences going on. The, our son-in-law is actually a Malaysian citizen. He's not an American citizen, though. Right? He's got all the paperwork to be here to work. You know, and Chinese ethnically. And Chinese My way and the hot or the highway doesn't work. Issues, you want to say, oh, it must be him. It can't be our child doing it. You know, you go, it's got to be that son-in-law. <laughs> it's badly influencing her. So it's just, I tell people all the time, I don't. I try not to tell the new parents to discourage them, but this parenting adult kids is, is way harder. The diaper stake, you know, they cried. You changed the diaper. You stuck a bottle in their mouth. They were happy. And it, it's just a whole lot harder. My knees get worn out way more than than they ever did, and I was saying, our middle child, I said, she's the one that brought me, and still does bring me to my knees more than I ever have been. And my, um, her husband's mom said to me, that's funny, because she's the answer to me being on my knees for me. So I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> so. It, to say something really positive, you guys, empty nesting is awesome. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> The, I'm just saying the challenges don't stop. I kind of thought, hey, they're gone. Woohoo, we're back to. And it we doesn't are, stop. Right? We are. That is great. But the challenges are always there. You don't. You never stop. So much that you're raising the kids, you're always going to be involved. You never stop being a mom. You never stop being a dad. And we don't want to. It just the challenges we didn't expect. We're kind of hit in the face with a little bit. We're some of the things that we've opened up to you about tonight that we're working through and God is good and whatever challenges that you're going to be presented with as long as you're in his word and you're praying he'll give you the wisdom the strength and the uh, hope that you need to walk through that and God's great and I love empty nesting so does she it is awesome that's all I gotta say hey it's great it's a good season of life now, satisfied customers that's right.
We want our grandchildren. That's right. Oh, I'm so sorry. We all help me thank Mark and Christy. I think that's exactly what we need to hear. So thank you for transparency. That's what happens when you get in a group. When you get in a group, God's word's open, things are shared, information about how to do life, transparency, what we're going through, and we get the empathy of realizing that we could this is real. And there are some as great as it is, there's some things about this that are very real. Miss Donna mentioned the power of a group and how important that is. Tonight we have one of our life group teachers with us, Phil Powers, Phil and Wendy. Uh, they teach a 30s class, a class of young marriage. They get to pour into those folks. And I will tell you, you you've had experience as empty nesters in what Mike and Nikki said. We didn't prepare for this season. We didn't think about it because we were so busy getting ready for our kids to graduate. So you're in a position where you could reach back down and begin to disciple or mentor someone you know, uh, like they're getting ready to take a couple, uh, a younger couple. You can do the same with a couple who's about to go into empty nesting. So just know that. Brother Phil, do you mind to come up and close us? Thank you. It's been three great weeks. Thank you for being here. Uh, for our speakers, thank you all for coming tonight. And if you would close us out, we'd certainly appreciate it. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, I thank you for the words that we've heard tonight. Lord, I just pray for each person here, first of all, Lord, that they would continue to follow you and love you with all their heart, their soul, and their mind. Lord, uh, we lift up our kids. Lord, even though they're grown and they're out of this, uh, whatever this nest is, Lord, uh, we know that you love them way more than we ever could. And, Lord, we just trust you, and I pray that you would remind us on a daily basis to just trust you with them and that, Lord, we would seek to follow you, and we know that everything else would just follow behind that. Lord, thank you for the words that were spoken out. Thank you for the couples that have shared. Lord, I pray for those wayward kids, Lord, that they would just be released to you. And, uh, Lord, like Pastor said, if... Uh, if they don't turn loose of it, they're going to be in for it for a while. Lord, I just thank you now. Bless this uh, time together. Thank you for the time together. And I ask this in Christ's name. Amen.